For True Detective, Night Country, and HBO, the mystery continues as episode 2 just came out and the mystery does continue. How was it? Let's talk about it, but first... Let us begin. Cheers, everybody. Welcome to Brewstilled. I'm your host, Brandon, and for this episode of Brewstilled, I'll be recapping episode two of True Detective Night Country from HBO. Now, episode two showed a lot of revelations as the mystery continues to unravel as very unique, dark, and intriguing mystery in True Detective season four. Before I begin, though, what beer am I pairing for this episode of Brewstilled and for episode two of True Detective Night Country from HBO? Well, that beer comes to us from Denver, Colorado, from one of my favorite breweries known as River North Brewing, and that beer is called Double Barrel Aged Double. Now, Double Barrel Aged Double from River North Brewing in Denver, Colorado is a Belgian-style double that is one with more booze, more barrel, and even more flavor than the average double. With this unique double, River North Brewing took their base beer and aged it in Kentucky bourbon barrels to gather more flavors of charred oak and vanilla. They then took the expanding beauty of the flavors and aged it again in Colorado whiskey barrels, making for a very nice Belgian-style double unlike any other. For the flavor notes, it contains layers of candied fig and toffee. Also included are bittersweet cocoa notes, which helps mask the 13.4% ABV of this excellent Belgian double. For this double, it's multi-layered with excellent flavor, a nice smoothness to it, and also a nice head on top as well. Make a very nice product from Colorado's craft beer scene in Denver, and also a great product from River North Brewing. A great brewery with nice good beers from stouts, barley wines, and now doubles. It also pairs well with the mystery of True Detective, because True Detective is a multi-layered, intriguing mystery, and for that you definitely need a multi-layered style beer. And that beer is called Double Barrel Aged Double from River North Brewing in Denver, Colorado. It comes in a 12-ounce bottle with an ABV of 13.4%. Definitely do check it out. Okay, let's recap. Episode 2 of True Detective Night Country from HBO. If you've not seen the show and you want to watch the show, do not proceed forward because there will be spoilers. Ready? Well, here we go. For Episode 2 of Night Country, True Detective Detective from HBO, Episode 2 starts off where Episode 1 left off, with the discovery of the bodies of the missing scientist. At first, Danvers and Navarro do believe all of them have been found, but not all is what it seems and that will come back later in the episode. We do see some of the officers engaged in what I see as misconduct by taking photos of the bodies and also taking selfies of the bodies with the officers, and Hank also shows some odd behavior as well. They continue to do this until Danvers does stop them as she does take control of the crime scene. They also want to outsource the case to Anchorage, as they believe they're not equipped to handle this very complex case, but Danvers overrules them by saying that she'll take the case and they will investigate. However though, this does show further tension on the police force that Danvers does oversee, and also she makes it known that it's also her own department. While this goes on, Navarro talks to Rose, and Rose tells Navarro that she is also screwed because of this case, and also to rather confuse Navarro. Rose then tells Navarro to come visit her to further talk about why she's saying this. Soon afterwards, one of the bodies then screams to the shock of Danvers and her officers. The last you hear about his status is, he's in a medically induced coma and about to enter surgery. It also turns out this man is Anders Lund, the director and the founder of the DeSalle Research Station. So, Anders Lund was still alive when he was discovered, and also could probably reveal clues, given the chance that Danvers and Navarro can talk to him about what happened. Later, Danvers goes to a school to talk to a teacher, who might have clues about the DeSalle Research Station and her science 
scientist. Danvers goes to school and has class let out early to dismay of the teacher. This also appears to show that Danvers has a lot of influence in this town of Enos that may extend beyond her role as police chief. At first, the teacher believes that Danvers is there to have an intimate encounter with him, but Danvers does assure him their visit isn't for that, as is for something else. It turns out this guy is also a science teacher that may have clues to the mystery of the Tissal research facility that Danvers does want. And Danvers does ask him about what he knows about the Tissal research station, including what kind of work goes on there. The teacher tells Danvers that scientists are rather reclusive madmen who kept them themselves and who never left the facility since 2005. Now that there is a very long time to be locked up in the Alaskan cold weather. The teacher tells Danvers the scientists are trying to sequence the DNA of an extinct microorganism that could probably help stop cellular deterioration and find a cure for many diseases. Still, it's also rather interesting that they were there since 2005 and never left. As he talk, a comment about Danvers' promiscuous history comes up, showing that she is known in town as someone who does sleep around. For Navarro, she goes to see Rose at her house. Navarro does have questions that she hopes that Rose can answer. Rose talks about Travis, and we get confirmation that Rose and the ghost known as Travis were once former lovers. We see flashbacks about this as Rose speaks very passionately about her love of Travis and the time they had together. She also tells Navarro that he at times comes to visit her as a ghost. Navarro then asks Rose and when she starts talking with the dead. Rose tells Navarro that some ghosts come to deliver messages, while others come to take someone with them, and then Navarro does need to know the difference between the two. This can be critical to the mystery as we are seeing a supernatural influence in the season of True Detective. Navarro then tells Rose she believes her own mother is asking to come back. There is also mention of an ominous spiral tattoo that was found at the site of the missing scientist that does show a spiral that did get Navarro's attention because she also speaks to Rose about this spiral. Rose then questions Navarro about the spiral, which is something Navarro has seen before, and Rose claims that the spiral is not only older than Enos, but probably even older than the ice itself. It turns out the spiral symbol was from a tattoo from Annie Kay that also got Navarro's attention, as Navarro now sees a clear connection between the Annie Kay case and the missing scientist. Back at the Enos police station, Danver faces further resistance from her own officers who went to outsource the case back to Anchorage, as they say again they are not equipped to handle this case. They also believe that Danvers herself would agree, but to their surprise, Danvers says they'll take the case. One of Danvers' colleagues named Conley further challenges Danvers about this, but Danvers doesn't relent. Oddly enough, Danvers also reminds Conley that it was him who gave her the job as police chief as he pointed Danvers to the role of police chief of Enos. There's also some kind of chemistry between the two of them that'll come back later in the episode. Danvers then visits an ice rink and sees that her daughter Leia may have a lover of her own. Yet, it was also hinted back in episode 1 that Leia may not actually be Danvers' own biological daughter. Danvers then informs the owner of the ice rink that the police force needs the ice rink to store the bodies, which doesn't sit well with the owner of the ice rink. Rank. This further shows that Danvers has a lot of influence in this town of Enos, but is also highly resented by its own residents. The ice rink owner does comply, but she's also not very happy about this and makes it known that she also resents Danvers. As Danvers inspects the bodies, Navarro arrives and shows a spiral tattoo to Danvers that was found in one of the bodies of the missing scientist. Navarro then tells Danvers that Annie Kay had the very same spiral tattoo and then asks Danvers to be put on the case. Danvers rejects Navarro's request 
request before Navarro leaves. She also warns Danvers about burning more bridges, particularly with Pete. From Danvers' instructions, the bodies now known as the Corpsicle arrive to the ice rink to begin the unfreezing process, given there's no other place in town to store the bodies. A very graphic scene, actually, and also really weird, as this time Enos has some really wacky ideas, particularly from Danvers. I mean, this scene is really wild. I don't recommend anyone watching it if you can't get into that kind of stuff, so you probably want to fast forward to the episode, assume what kind of content you can get through, but also very wacky and wild scene, and also not for the faint of heart. It's a very rough sight to see and makes for one of those more graphic images for the season that may not be for everybody. Danvers and Pete then debate the discovery as the scientist's clothes was also found to be carefully placed together near the bodies. Danvers and Pete also questioned the similar traits of the scientists, who are also seen as rather reclusive and eccentric. As Danvers was told earlier in the episode, they were seen as reserved and uncooperative with people on the outside world and in Enos. In particular, a scientist known as Clark, who was also listed as one of missing scientists, was deemed this very strange person, with a resident of Enos once seeing him, with a spiral tattoo marked on his chest, as he was once seen walking through Enos naked. Pete, as instructed by Danvers, investigates where the facility known as Sal gets its money. Pete informs Danvers that non-governmental agency funds Sal and investors come from a shell company named NC Global Strategies, which is owned by an organization called Tuttle United. Should a potential lead in the case, and perhaps that Sal is up to something much bigger and has something to hide. Danvers then assigns Pete to retrieve Clark's credit records. Pete does so, but is also later confronted and scolded by Hank over stealing the Annie K files from their house, based on Danvers' request. Hank tells Pete that Danvers is not his family and that Pete needs to know this. It also does show that Hank does harbor secrets of his own on the Annie K case, showing he may have also been involved, maybe not as a killer of Annie K, but probably as part of a cover-up. After obtaining the credit records, Pete finds out that Clark Clark once had gotten a tattoo of the same spiral tattoo that was found in Annie K a few years earlier. It's also seen he once had a secret trailer. This revelation does show Danvers undeniable proof that the case of the missing scientist and Annie K are indeed connected. Danvers also reviews Clark's research files, which are filled with disturbing handwritten notes and repeated phrases that seem to hint at Annie K. For more on Pete, we also do see a scene that Pete has videoed the scientists and her daily activities back at the cell. From one of them, he has a phone found at the cell, which oddly happens to capture the moment when one of the scientists had his seizure. He sees this with Danvers as he watches it unfold on the video, but not much more seen as the video does go dark. We see Danvers and Pete then ask residents all around town about what they knew about the scientists, and for the most part, they get nothing new, as many of them say the scientists were secretive and never talked to support staff such as the cleaners and the delivery guy. Yet, we definitely get an ominous scene where Pete does talk to the delivery guy, who also discovered a scientist refers to missing. The guy tells Pete that when he got to the facility at first and saw that they were missing, they saw someone or something moving around at the end of the hallway. Pete tries again to elaborate, but he doesn't want to, and tells Pete that the darkness of Enos does tend to cause people to see things that are probably not there. But also, I think this delivery guy is also holding back from Pete, as he definitely knows he saw something or someone. 
However though, he doesn't want to reveal what it was, and also doesn't reveal it to Pete, even though Pete does want to know what it is. Going back to Danvers, it is revealed later in the episode that Danvers has been having a sexual affair with Conley for about 19 years, a really long time actually. Danvers goes to Conley's house and tells Conley that after 19 years, their affair has come to an end. Conley replies by saying that he must pass the case on to Anchorage, but also does not believe she can handle the case given his complex nature. Danvers furiously leaves and tells Conley that she'll take the case. Conley also threatens her after she leaves. We also see Hank, Texas' future wife, who appears to be living in Russia, who may have a mother with health issues, or so she says. But also, is it actually a scam? Because she does ask him for more photos of him, and he sends her some photos that may also mislead her at the same time. I see a catfishing scam here, but also, who is the scammer? Maybe both. It also shows why the Hank is no longer the police chief, as he's also rather, indeed, a rather mediocre detective. For later in the episode, we see Danvers go to Navarro's home and surprises Navarro as Navarro comes home, only to see Danvers waiting there. At first, Navarro is upset, but then Danvers tells Navarro that Clark did indeed receive the same spiral tattoo that was also found in Annie K a few years earlier. Apparently what happened was, Clark asked a company to tattoo it on his chest back in 2017, and it's also the very same kind of tattoo found in Annie K. From this revelation in the case, Danvers can no longer deny there is a connection between the case and missing scientist and the Annie K case. She didn't ask Navarro for her help due to her knowledge of the Annie K case, and Navarro agrees to help Danvers, although they also set some ground rules, making for what could very well be a very tense and unique partnership in this case. We did see Leia run away from Danvers' house, and where she joins Peter watching over the corpsicle. As Leia and Peter talk about their parents, one of the feet in the corpsicle begins to slightly move. While visiting their friend, Navarro realizes the purpose of an RV that once belonged to Clark. Navarro then goes to Clark's abandoned RV, and calls Danvers to further investigate it and also search it. They go there and they find that Clark's RV contains animal bones, Annie Kay's phone, and a shrine devoted to Annie Kay. Now this is freaky and creepy and it shows that Clark may have been the guy who probably killed Annie Kay or who was probably also involved, but no doubt he is indeed a very nefarious guy. Danvers and Navarro then go to the ice rink after Peter calls them as he tells them the corpse of is melting to reveal the bodies. As it's melting, they discover there are only six bodies Bodies, and Navarro deduces that Clark is still alive with one other scientist unaccounted for. And that's how the episode ends. So what do we learn from this episode? Well, the mystery is unfolding, more clues and more revelations are also coming out, and maybe we also know who the killer is, who could be Clark, that scientist, but there's also more people in this season also do raise some red flags, such as Hank and Conley as well, and probably other residents of the town of Enos that Danvers and Navarro will have to contend with as the season does unfold. Fold. Now here are my questions and observations from this episode, with my first one is, where is Clark? At the end of the episode, it is determined that Clark is still out there, that he wasn't amongst the bodies that were found. At first, Danvers believes he probably got separated, but Navarro believes that Clark is still alive and is still out there at large, and probably the main suspect right now in this case of the missing scientist, and also Annie Kay, as now confirmed that both cases are indeed connected. So that's my first question, that is, where is Clark? I definitely do believe he is out 
there. He's probably involved in the case of the scientist and also Annie Kay, but also I believe others could be involved as well. For my next one is, and this is an observation, and that is, in the episode, Danvers has a flashback scene and it was with her and a boy who was probably a child from earlier in her life and the polar bear stuffed toy. And the scene is also very ominous because this young kid keeps covering one of his eyes. And also polar bear is in this scene. Now the polar bear from the episode, the stuffed toy and the one that was roaming the streets earlier from episode 1 had a missing eye. And this kid in the scene with Danvers covers one of his eyes. It's a really creepy scene but it's also very ominous as well. And also to show that Danvers had a son from years ago who is also sadly no longer part of her life but also does strike her very well in a very impactful way, and probably under tragic circumstances. But also, why is the one eye such a big deal? The one-eyed polar bear, and also his kid covering his one eye, there is something significant about his one eye that definitely believe plays a big role in the mystery as it starts to unfold. And also for Navarro, she had a flashback as well when she was out driving on the road, before getting run off the road by a semi-truck, and that is, it is a flashback from early in her own life of what appeared to be an exorcism. Now, Navarro definitely does have a very unique connection to the supernatural and to the paranormal, and also could probably speak with ghosts as well. So Danvers, she's probably more logical, more scientific, while Navarro's more of the paranormal side, and also has more of a supernatural connection. And in the scene that flashback that Navarro had, Delphi does show what appears to be an exorcism, as Navarro Delphi does have the ability to speak with the dead, given her connection with Rose and her talk from earlier in this episode. So I Delphi do believe that the supernatural is at play here, but maybe there's also more of a different side as well that probably can combine we'll see more science and supernatural collide in this mystery, with each detective Navarro and Danvers bringing their own side as well to this mystery. Also, Danvers and Pete, they have a very weird relationship. Let's be honest here. I mean, what is going on between Danvers and Pete? Did they once have, you know, intimate connections earlier in their career? I definitely don't think so, but Danvers and Pete have a very weird connection, and Hank, in my view, he is right to tell Pete what he did, that Danvers is not his family. Now, Hank there's something about this guy. He's also not very good detective, and I definitely do believe that Hank knows more about the Andy K case than he's willing to reveal to Navarro and to Danvers. However, though, he is right about Pete when he tells them that Danvers is not his family. But also, the connection between Danvers and Pete is really interesting and also really weird, and I definitely do believe there's more to it than meets the eye, and I can see more of that getting revealed as the season does progress. Also, who was that kid in Danvers' flashback? I think Danvers once had a son earlier in her life, and that's who that kid was, but also, what happened to the kid, and was Danvers originally from Alaska to begin with? Because she wore a shirt from Minnesota Vikings earlier in episode one, making me think she's probably from Minnesota originally, and probably had her family life over there, and probably something happened, which is why she now lives in Alaska. But also, it is clear that Danvers once had a son. Who that son is, we don't know, and we'll probably find out more as the season does progress, because it definitely does have an impact on Danvers, and probably explains why she is the way that she is. I do see why Danvers is not very likable. She's definitely not very likable as a person. She's not well liked in her own police department, also in the town but also I think there's a different side to Danvers that we don't know about yet that probably explains why she went down the road she's going down now. 
Also, do we already know who the killer is? Is Clark indeed the killer? He probably is, but like I said earlier, I think there's more involved here because, remember, Hank was not very happy about Pete taking those files from the Annie K case from his home back to Danvers. That there shows in my view that Hank knows more about the Annie K case than he wants to see come out. So I think Hank has some kind of involvement here, probably not as a killer, but probably also part of a cover-up, and also I think the facility itself and those who run it are also part of the mystery as well. So Clark, I definitely think he's probably the killer right now, but I definitely do believe there are others involved as well, probably as other killers in other ways, or probably part of a much bigger cover-up that Danvers and Navarro are going to uncover as the season does progress. But Clark right now, in my view, is suspect number one. And also, there is that shell company that also runs the South facility and also finances it. Did he probably pay people off, such as Hank and other officers in that department? Could a shell company be involved in this mystery and also disappearance of Annie Kay and the missing scientist? Because this company, from what Pete uncovered early in the episode, is involved in a lot of stuff and technology and other business ventures, but also is very much mysterious because it adds another layer to the mystery of the missing scientist, the murder of Annie Kay, and at the Sal Research Facility. So I definitely do believe there's more at play here with the shell company and also their possible role in this case because, personally, I have a theory here, and that is that the Sal Research Facility is more than just a scientific facility. I think it was up as a pretty crazy-ass shit, to be honest. I mean, this place looks spooky, it's isolated, and also is filled with some rather eccentric people who never left since 2005. And also one of them might be the killer, which is Clark, the other missing scientist who is also at large. So I definitely do believe that the Sal Research Facility was more than just a scientific place. It was a place for some potential wild-ass stuff that also is not very good. There's also the town of Enos as well. I mean, there's some weird people living in this town. I mean, the delivery guy who told Pete he saw something doesn't want to talk about it. Hank, I definitely do believe, is hiding something, and the officers in Danvers' apartment do not respect her and probably are hiding something as well. And Conley threatened Danvers, so he's also up to no good as well, as he never wanted the case to begin with. For the supernatural angle, I definitely do believe that there's some ghostly apparitions at play here, and also the one-eyed polar bear is also a major clue as well, as having one eye is a significant clue and also symbol in this season. Remember back in episode 1, Pete's own daughter made a drawing with the people in the drawing having one eye. So you see that, the one-eyed polar bear, and a kid appears to be Danvers' son from her past having a one-eyed gesture as well. These are all clues for the mystery, along with that spiral tattoo that both Annie Kay and Clark, the scientist, both had, especially Clark having it as a tattoo. These these are all clues to the mystery that will continue to unfold in upcoming episodes of Season 4 of True Detective Night Country. So I definitely do expect to see a lot of wild stuff come up in this season as it does unfold with a very unique mystery, both supernatural and also scientific, and also Danvers and Navarro covering a really deep and disturbing mystery. And I can't wait to see what happens next in Night Country of True Detective. For now though, that is where I'll leave it. And that should do it for me in this episode of Brewstilled. Please do tell your friends and family about this podcast and please rate this podcast on your Zard Podcast directory, as feedback is always appreciated. Please check out this podcast over on Instagram at Bruce Hill Podcast over on Instagram. Also, please stay tuned for recaps of True Detective Night Country from HBO, recaps of 2023 NFL season playoffs for the House Lombardi, guest interviews, craft beer content, and other topics of interest. Please do enjoy us good beer, bourbon, whiskey on this winter season. I'm your host Brandon. Thank you for joining me. And I'll see you all next time. And until then, be brewed and be the silk, folks. Cheers. Yeah.